you're tuning in to New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Love is Fatherless Generation from Isaiah 9.16. It's about, Pastor going to talk about fatherless generation. It sounds like, uh, not like Christmas season. Uh, and... Um, uh, I don't know about um, how long you have been to church or been a Christian, but every year, uh, pastor around the world kind of are scratching their head how to have a Christmas message around just not so many texts, not so many Bible scripture. Uh, and as far as I remember, um, since I came back from Singapore and took uh, office as senior pastor here in this church, uh, over the last eight years, I have not repeated myself uh, with uh, the message on Christmas, which means that, um, you know, I just uh, pray and ask the Lord uh, and also understand the congregation, meaning you guys, uh, what, um, what house uh, you uh, walk with the Lord. And I thought that it also is a good topic that we can not just uh, to hear this message and get it done over and, you know, and forget about it, but but kind of like reflect and journey uh, together, right? So um, with that, um, I would like to just share you with one quote. The next slide, please. Uh, I got this one. Just read it slowly. Every man can tell how many goats or sheep he possesses, but not how many friends. Of course, this one's specifically talk about male men. And why is this? You know, they, it seems like men, male in general, they have no problem with doing business and working and, and, you know, because they are bringing the bacon home and, you know, working hard. When I say friends, does not mean that acquaintances. Somebody that you can relate to because in general, that man is just difficult to relate and connect at the deeper level as female. When two ladies get together, they will can talk about also all sorts of different things and usually long hours. And sometimes men scratch their head and say, don't know, what are you talking about, you know, all day long, right? Men just say a few words, hi, how are you, how business? And they sometimes they talk about things. They talk about, you know, in their days, they talk about goat and sheep. In this day, they talk about car and bikes and phone and gadget and all of that. And they never be able to go deep into the emotional part because maybe they've been raised up. Men have to be macho. Men have to be, you know, men up. You have to show the strength of being men, the muscle, even you pretend it. And because so many generations that men has to be tough. And the opposite happened in this day that men is wimpy sometimes. Uh, whether wimpy or tough or muscular, uh, that's not the point. The point is that men, first God created Adam. And he had a relationship with him. And then he created Eve to have a suitable helper to be with him so that they can in union together to become one and with God. And that's kind of a relationship. So all creation, as you read the Bible and you see, it's about relationship. Even you look at the ocean, there's a relationship between the ocean, the water, and the species, and the fish, and other creatures. And you look at the forest and the jungle, there's a relationship between this plant and that plant, and then different insects. All of that in kind of a God wonderful design. One is missing or being abused or exploited, it will cause a problem in the ecosystem. And the same with the, the, the human. Once the broken relationship happens, that will cause a lot of problems, especially, especially men and even women. When we have an issue with our father, earthly dad, we don't have a good relationship with him, it's likely that will cause all kinds of problems we even do not know about. Sometimes unconsciously we do not know. The things that how we behave, and pretty much if you kind of look back, and pretty much we behave somewhat like our dads. Now, speaking of this, this is not a father day, but I 
also understand that many of us here, some, our dad is not around anymore. You feel his absence. Some of you may be faced that your dad is still around, but he absent also. Meaning during your childhood, he's not at home. He's not playing with you. He's not talking with you. He's not understanding you at all. Just say hi. Provide you a bacon and meat. Go to school. Then done. Some of us maybe love your dad so much to the point of being an idol. That without him, you cannot live. And that also is not a healthy relationship. I know some friend that, you know, their dad or their mom passed away and they, they bereave and they cannot live after even 10 years. They still long for the missing or the dad and, and, and the mom or the mom. And they, they just cannot live and carry on and live further. And don't, they even cannot go on and build relationship and build family because they always longing for the present of their dad. Early dads are very important. Some of us lost our dad with early, early childhood and they never be able to see the face, only the photos. And I know that creates a kind of a, a hole an, an, a pocket of emptiness, uh, a chamber that where sometimes you don't know, you know, doesn't make sense for you in many ways when even you relate to God as dad, as father. Are you still with me? I'm not sure I'm talking to the, the right audience here. Um, my dad went home with the Lord when I was 24, 23, 24. And I think as I look back, I bless it that there's one uh, friend, both friend, he was a a, a pastor also at the local church. And he he told me as he walked with me in the funeral and said that, you know, now you're going to have the reason to long for heaven. Because your dad is there and there's a reason to live. And that kind of, that time, if it was young, 24, 23, 24, uh, I didn't think much of it. But, uh, you know, I just carry on, uh, live life. And also, I didn't know that there would be a talk between my mom and my dad. And the mom, uh, my mom told me that, you know, dad told me that when he passed away, uh, my mom will give the leadership to me, the home. Even though my mom is a very capable woman, and she is very talented, and she is very, uh, you can say that, you know, can do pretty much everything, uh, but she kind of uh, respect that uh, request and granted, um, you know, uh, me even as young, and so begin to lead and live and taking care of the family, and uh, he respect, even though she's just being assistant and taking care of whatever I need. And I just realized that I'm blessed because today I think the absence of male leadership at home is, is a lot, is everywhere. Uh, guys came home, they're lazy, uh, they don't speak to the children, they don't talk to their wives because they cannot connect. They cannot connect. And then they just leave it up to both the wife, both take care of the children, uh, do the homework with them. Uh, cooking, uh, or they outsource. If they have a bit of money, they outsource to different people. And all the children growing up, they're being influenced by the mate, the house helper, uh, you know, others, people instead of them. So the, the, the children growing up never be able to have some sort of sense of father. Where's my father? Where's my dad? And, uh, and some are friends that even worse, they're so painful and they're so young, they cannot even be able to fathom. I know my dad is here, but they're not living with us, but they're living with another family, another woman there. But we are here with mom. Even though they, they try to, to, to put a lot of facade on their happiness and they're seeking things in life and all the things that they have, and they got everything but emptiness inside. Because where is my father? So those who are those who the kid who grew up in the orphanage, 
uh, some, some or most of them, they always wonder when they grow up, they want to find out on the journey of finding out a biological dad. Even though that, 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 that dad rejected them and just gave them away, uh, you know, in the hospital, and so that's why they end up in, uh, in orphan, orphanage. And then, but they still want to find out why you did that. And I met quite a few, and all of them seeking like until they can see a biological dad, they'll never be able to settle. There is a strong connection between the children and dads, daddies. As we speak right now, maybe some of us, as we look back, some of us that hate your fathers, your dads. Some of really adore your dad and anything in between, just so-so. But the, the, the point of this topic, I want to bring up to awareness. Because certain thing that is missing in our life would carry out certain thing in our daily behaviors. In a day we think, how we watch, how we, uh, how we look at things. So that you can be aware and know something that you need to make an adjustment. I want to put you a list of, um, of some of the signs. Okay, next slide please. Some of the signs. Sign of experienced fatherlessness. Meaning that you may not know you still have a father or you may, your father, you know, went on with other uh, family or uh, no longer around with you. This is probably some signs, okay? This is a general sign based, based on the psychology, the psychological uh, research and data and some of the interview and so on. And it's in a way, it's some principle that also draw out from the Bible. So I just want to pack in this four uh, signs for us. Number one, feeling disconnected even when being connected. We are more connected than any time in the history of mankind with the Wi-Fi, with the internet. Average people have a couple hundred friends on Facebook or thousand even though. Or there's some public figure going to have 20, 30,000. And then the, the, the more you're famous, the more fans you have. But let me tell you, and you know, witness, uh, the lonelier that you become, the more friends online, the more friends or more fans that you become very lonely. The people that committed end up suicide a lot. Suicidal rate is high. Of course, now uh, in, in, in country in Asia, it would be like Japan. Uh, in, in America, is rising North America. Uh, in Europe, in Southeast Asia, probably Singapore is catching up or Korea. Uh, Vietnam, they, they begin to have some status. They, some people, sometimes people just come, kill themselves just for a nonsense reason. I don't have good grades. I, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I cannot uh, be successful like others, and I feel like a loser, and so on and on and on. I, I'm not beautiful. I got bullied online. You know, I try, I try to do plastic surgery so that I can be like some of the girl that post online on the app. So it's a lot of pressure all the kids this day because we are more connected than ever before, but we totally disconnected especially with a creator that made us, God. God. I'll give you another example. I've been to this church at least since 2000. I came back 2012, so now eight years. I can tell you right now, the majority of you guys are connected with the Lord and connect with church. There are some of you that you, regardless how you've been long, 20, 30 years, you will somewhat still feel disconnected. I don't know all of your background, and I'm not in the office of prophets. I cannot predict, but based on the Word of God, and I tell you that many of you perhaps might have some issue with fatherless. you never be able to find a person that you trust, connect, and build relationship. Because there was no model before that. You never see, you never saw your dad speaking to your mom, talk to you, loving you. You never be able to replicate. 
you'd never be able to connect. In the first century, when they meet in the church, they go to underground, the catacomb, they're afraid of Roman persecution. They meet in small group from home to home. Uh, even in Vietnam, those who are in minority, they travel over the mountain, they meet in the hut, and there's just a couple of them sing a few songs and learn, open the Bible. And there are no pastor there, they even to be able to, they connected, even they have no internet. Today, we offer internet, live stream, we have small group, we have all that. People still feel disconnected. Because there may be, my guess here, my assessment here, that some of you that do not really have a relationship good with your dad. You'll never be able to connect deep. All you need to do is a service, hear the sermon, sing a few songs, run out the door, go home and carry about your world. Because the more you stay, the more questions people ask, the more things that you need to reveal, the deeper you can connect. Some people f- afraid of intimacy. Maybe also the, the past because they have some physical or sexual abuse. They're afraid of that. They're so complex. I just want to cover, raise the awareness that if you feel that everything you have around you, the internet, disconnected, the transportation, the, those days you need to travel by horse, by foot. Now you have all the transportation, but you still somehow feel disconnected. I got people tell me that, you know, I've been to your church about a year, but, you know, I don't feel like home. And uh, most pastors, we hear that, and they, you know, they're very painful, either painful or upset. And neither I feel the same, because I know that this person might be have some past issue with that. It's just hard to connect. Even though that everything that, that you know, I, 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 I spent more time with that person than anybody else but they still not feel at home because there's disconnectedness in that person, both spiritually and relationally and emotionally. Regardless how you try to connect, people just tell you the surface. The relationship is very superficial and never can go deep. The minute they go deep, they're afraid of emotion. That emotion, they're afraid that somebody control the emotion, they control them, so they never let people know. And they grow in the culture, especially in Asia, if they're Asia, you, know, you cannot show weakness by showing emotion. Being a man, meaning men don't cry, only women cry. And that's, that's not biblical. Number two, unwilling to embrace counsel even they are godly. Some people find a hard time to, you know, they need counsel. They need godly counsel. They need advices. But the minute that godly advice gets given to them, they feel somehow they don't want it because they already decide what they want to do. Because they never have a good relationship between father, daddy, and their self. And any time that if they bring back the family, my dad told me this because he, 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 he scold me or because I'm afraid of this. And therefore, any kind of fatherly figure in their life, they were afraid. They are afraid that the older people that might trick them, so they have trust issue. They're all connected. Even though, and I see that all the time, some people that, you know, I gave them godly counsel, they don't want it. Why? Because, and as the background, of, so they never had a good relationship with dad. Even though they, they did nothing wrong, I mean, in terms of human speaking, but they never have a kind of a trust relationship because they was put in the, the school far away from home, and they never be able to build a relationship. There's a trend, in, uh, at least in Vietnam or maybe in Southeast Asia, that uh, the parents seem like they try all their best, work hard, send the kid overseas very early, not university, high school. Can be 10 years old, can be 15 years old. And a trend. And then, of course, the business around that, they try to you know, promote and tell the, the parents that you, know, you need to send the kid early so that they can learn English, so that they can learn, you know, be, be good in university. And the parents will have a bit of money or they try to get money and send them. And oftentimes, they will have trouble. Because why? Because they go over there, they, they, they have new country, new family. Sometimes they stay in a kind of a homestay. But they never be able to build a good connection with the parent. 
the parents on the other side say, yeah, I can get rid of my kid because, they, you know, I'm busy and I, I just give the money and they just do whatever they want. And there always is an emptiness in that individual regardless of where they are because there is no emotional connection. And for Christian home, there is no spiritual connection. So men growing up, women growing up, that they can have to find satisfaction elsewhere. If the children, whether boys or girls, they never have the affirmation from a dad or even the physical contacts and they have a symptom called skin hunger. And so when a teenager girl growing up without the affirmation of a dad, they tend to look for men too early. Same with a guy that they, if they don't have the affirmation from, from the dad, say, well, you know, I love you the way you are, and I, I, I love you regardless of how you perform. But the dad always say, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you have to be like others, you're not good enough. The rest of the, the, the life of the guy is try to prove to dad, I'm good. Even work unto death. It's, an, it's, a, it's a, uh, a culture, it's an honor uh, to die at the, uh, at the cubicle working in the office in Japan. If you are men, you work unto death and you die at the office, that would be an honor. That's not biblical culture. But I just tell you what it happened. The third one. Wanting to instant gratification and more than building spiritual strength and long-term joy. It's easy to say, and those who are... <coughs> now, I challenge parents, if you have a younger kid, you can test this. Sometimes they, they know they want candy, chocolate, they want toy or what of that. It's likely the sign that they, they, they miss your presence at home. You supplement that with toys. And gadget. Today, if you go around the restaurant, you see at least the local. Uh, you know, the baby, they, if they have a bit of money, there are three babysitters. One is the iPad, they're watching Tom and Jerry so that they can eat. One mate that pushed the, the, uh, the food into the mouth, and one another mate running around catching them. Because the parent never be able to teach, to coach, they gave up. They're too tired. And, and they, they never think that's their job. <laughs> My job is make money. The rest, I pay people to do. And then the kid always has demand, always want instant gratification. They need now. Then the parent has no idea, just supply them. But actually what they need is that relationship, the building the strength. Emotional strength, spiritual strength, physical strength together. That's why being dead is just a tough job. And uh, all of us never sign up. As we get married and God bless us with kids, we automatically upgrade it. Now we just need to learn, that's all. Those who are single, I don't want to scare you, right? But it's also a sign that you keep delay of you're afraid of responsibility. I understand. But God made you in his image. And if your delay that you don't want to get married because you're afraid of responsibility, then something wrong, there might be a fatherlessness that you have an issue because you, you don't trust the Lord guiding you. You don't trust him that he show you. He tr you trust in your own ability. And oftentimes I meet children, I met children, they, you know, they cry out for a toy, and the dad just throw the toy at him instead of going down and speaking to the kids. And the kids sometimes calm down and even touch them. And you, they will be able to see the connection. And the dad say, oh, yeah, that's for some expert. No, you can do it. It's just that you need to get, you know, understand and begin to practice. So those who kids, uh, you have young kids throwing tantrum because they think they, they want to get your attention, which means that you don't spend time enough with them. Just, you know, and then they're always growing up looking for short-term joy. Whether that be online pornography or their drugs or game, all of that, because the absence 
of daddies present. Are you still with me? It did sound like a Christmas message. <laughs> Number four. Seeking peace outside of Jesus. For me, it's easy to say an individual that they're always restless. Always restless. Even though they go to the best and most expensive, luxurious resort, they're still restless in their room. Even with a five-star service, room service, right on the table, they feel restless. Doesn't matter how nice scenery they look at, they're still restless in their soul and there is no peace in them even though the surroundings are peaceful. And there's a difference between tranquility and peaceful. Some people look for tranquility and misunderstood that is peace. There's no peace outside of Jesus. There is no peace outside of Jesus. Because that's why he's the prince of peace. And when we're looking all over the place, they go from this place to that place, they go from this country to that country, they go from this job to that job, they go from one relationship to another relationship, go from one church to another church, they try to find peace outside of Jesus. And they're restless. I don't know, you can self-examine yourself, but I've seen many. They came to Vietnam, I speak in general here, escaped from their own country, some problem. But a problem always followed them. Followed them to this country and all the more they see a lot of changes and differences in culture and they create more problem. And they came to church and they hoped there would be solution for them and they found none. Why? The church cannot give you solution. Jesus Christ came, not the church. Because Jesus Christ is the head, unless that you and I that declare that Jesus Christ is our Father, we will be fatherless for life. Uh, put to the next slide. I want this this statement that sink into you, in deep in you. Unless we are fathered by the Lord, unless we are fathered by the Lord, we will be fatherless for life. which means that we always look for a perfect father, which is only Jesus Christ can fulfill that. Not our dad. I like my dad. I love my dad. He is, he, he is in human standards a good man, but he's not perfect. And if I, 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 I kind of, is he, 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 he went home with the Lord a long time ago. If I, my, my heart is still lingering, then if unless Jesus is my dad and my Lord and my father, I will always seeking approval of him. I always seeking, uh, you know, something that, that, that I miss in my early dad. But God is being our dad can fulfill all of both felt need and real need. Are you still with me? All right, let us go to this one simple single verse in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Okay. Oh, before that, let me, um, let me give you a context. You know, I don't know about you, but when before I, um, I kind of uh, get to know the Bible more, I feel like this verse, it seemed like, yeah, I know for Christmas at our place because it, it reads something like, you know, there will be, um, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Like, yeah, I understand what it means, but it's not, what, what, what is the context that really make it more colorful, meaningful, and impact. So I hope that this morning, in my attempt that to show you the context that help you to understand this, this verse in a deeper level, okay? So the context of this whole uh, Isaiah, the prophet, uh, the, the, the prophet book, is this. War. They have war between both Israelite, the northern part, and the southern part. The northern part is Israel, the southern is Judah. And they're on their east and on their west, 
they have Assyrians, they have the Egyptian, all these powerful warlords and powerful country. They've been oppressed, they've been cornered. There's own way in the warfare is you have to make allies or you make enemies. But if you make ally with this one, you'll be enemy to the others. So you understand that? So then there will be, should I trust this ally? Then I betray the other ally. But what if, if I trust this ally, then they betray us. So it kind of all the king has to make decision, right? So this is in the midst of the war time that Isaiah, that God used Isaiah to speak to the people of Israel, people of God. And so the Isaiah said, the word of the Lord came and they speak, that he spoke to them. And also when the prophecy being proclaimed, it will not instantly happen sometime a few days after us. At the time it's just weeks, at the time it's years, at the time it's century. And, and even about Jesus Christ, at that time they heard this, but never fulfilled. It took about, you know, a little bit more than half a century under to fulfill in the time of the New Testament that Jesus Christ. And so, so there will be the, the word of the Lord. There's a testing time. There's a time and then trust. Either they trust the Lord or trust airline. Self-reliant or they assess, oh, we have, you know, the army now, but I think to fight the Assyrian, we need to make ally with this uh, king and all of that. This is the context where Isaiah spoke about. Because the people, instead of trusting the Lord as their king, they trust allies. In army, in horses, in chariot. I mean, that is already the, you know, the high-tech, uh, chariot is the high-tech weapon already at that time, right? And so they, they put their trust in the other allies instead of the Lord. So this is the time that before chapter uh, 9, chapter 8, that Isaiah spoke about, there will be a time of darkness and gloomy, and there will be, you know, exile, there will be captivity and all of that. And then come to chapter 9, verse 6, then they say, but then, because God remember you, God has a plan for you, and God will give you a sign, a child born unto you, and a son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulder. What does this mean? Which means that the Assyrian, even though how powerful they, they are, the Egyptian, how powerful they are, they will be gone. They will be gone, not instantly, but obviously the first and most powerful uh, empire, Assyrian. But about 700 BC, uh, they, they vanish. But people need to wait to that time to see, right? And so, uh, Jesus Christ came. This is a picture talking about Jesus Christ. That all the government, all the ruling will rest on his soul. We mean that he'll become kings of kings. But not the kind of king that people think that's going to be used sword, power, weapon. He conquered the whole world by dying for the whole world. How crazy is that? You conquer other countries, you subdue them by force. By military, by weapon, you show your muscle strength or army strength to subdue people. This guy, this ruler, this gov, this this uh, son will subdue people because that he died for them, so that they can be back to the relationship with the father. All of this guy fighting each other because they don't call God their father. Both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom is Judah. They fought each other. It's like two siblings. It's like two siblings that really fighting each other because they don't even recognize God as their father. For those who have your children have more than two uh, or three children, you see the sibling that sometimes fighting each other uh, because I think either they don't have enough the present of the father at home. The mom cannot take care of all. The mom cooking, do other things. Uh, work, maybe some cases working. So the dad needs to be present and to discipline children, to bring them in the way they should go, to train them, to play with them, to enjoy them, not just to outsource them to some, something else. So here, the, both Judah and Israel, they think that they're going to make ally with the Assyrian, 
then they can fight the Egypt. But you make an ally with powerful nations like this, like two reds that say, okay, I'm going to make an ally with the, the big cat so that big cat can eat another red. And you know the, 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 the result. The cat will eat both the reds. This is what happened in the time of Isaiah. You don't trust God. You call the enemy the cat. Try to come and help you to find another red. You're a red. You're small. They're big. They swallow the other red. They will swallow you next. As simple as that. And therefore, uh, the, the, the Isaiah said, talk about there is to be a king. There will be a king that all the government will rest on his shoulder. It means that, that, that he rules and reigns in all men's heart, including even wicked kings. You and I, uh, in the book of Acts, call us that we are the wicked generation. And you read news today that all sort of things happen. I mean, at least local news, some people just, you know, even a small grab uh, uh, bite, you know, the guy just, I don't need, I know, a couple million and just cutthroat one guy and, you know, just to hopefully get a few million to pay debt or pay drugs, I don't know. People just get disappointed, carry the three children, jump off the river and all die. Because they, the, the wife it just hate the husband and this is how she revenge. Your country have your own story, every country, because men in general are wicked and sinful beyond measure. That's why we need a savior. That's why we need a father. God must be our father, unless we're going to be fatherless with our life. And all the symptoms, all the uh, juvenile, all the, uh, the people who commit a crime before 18, uh, they always have one background. Their father was as absent at home. 99%. The second one, the point number one I want to bring to us is this. Wonderful counselor. In the context of Isaiah, that the people of God did not seek counsel of God. How irony is that? They seek counsel of the enemies because they want to make ally with enemies because they're powerful in their face. This country is powerful. I'm going to seek their advices. So they dishonor God because they seek other people's advice instead of God's counsel. Yeah, you're with me. And therefore, in the same way, I've seen people, they don't, want to read the Bible and seek God's counsel in this ancient proven text that all the time is true, they seek other, even not yet believers, about the things of their life, even they seek not yet believers for the spiritual matter. How is possible that person can give it to you? The question of the people of Israel, like, is God is Jesus their wonderful counselor? Because they already think that the Egyptian could be their counselor, the Assyrian could be their counselor, but not God. So the question for, uh, for us this morning, I want to ask you, how have you been seeking the Lord's counsel? Have you sought His counsel for important decisions? For those who are single, have you been seeking and looking for His counsel about your building family, about having relationship, all of that, a career, a decision, or you just simply decide based on the situation. Most of us, is called situational decision-making. How is decision comes, we decide. We never plan, we never think, we never seek counsel, we never think, God, God, what do you want me to do in this life? Ask that question. And what, is your counsel for me. Spend time with Him. Talk to Him. You wish that you have, if you, some of you wish that, some, uh, at the Iron Man meeting uh, to, uh, last week, we talk about, you know, there's one moment that one guy shared that he's so happy that his dad sat down with him and talked and asked simple questions. 
And then he tried to ask more questions to keep the meeting longer than usual, which is usually maybe a few minutes and now a couple hours. He was so happy on that day that Kavishan spent time with that couple hours. As he recalled. How often you spend time with the Lord. I understand that if you don't spend time with, uh, enough time with the Lord, the Lord is hard to be a wonderful counselor for you because there are already other counselors. When you and I do not seek the Lord's counsel, we dishonor them, dishonor the Lord. We, we unglorify Him. As the pastor of this church, I don't know everything. But when people ask me and seek the counsel, I might give them scripture, I give, I give them principle, and some of them follow and do it, they get better. Other people maybe not trust, don't trust me, or other have trust issue, they will find out other counselor, which is fine. But this is why it's critical for you to choose the church and you commit to and be in the body, to connect. Because if you come to this church, even though we are connected, but that disconnected in you because there's an issue in you. Could be trust issue. Could be with, with your fatherless issue that you, you feel you can't build a deeper relationship because I, I'm not sure. I, I cannot open up. If that's you, I pray for you. Have you sought his counsel? Is Jesus Christ your wonderful counselor? The only way you can examine and know how the Lord is your wonderful counselor because every decision in life, you will ask Him. Correct? Are you still with me? Number two, mighty God. In the context of Isaiah, as I said earlier, war. They may wonder, is our God mighty as the Assyrian because they see the greatness of Assyrian, the conquer, the convest, and their military strategy, their economy. I mean, if I don't subdue to the Assyrian Israelite people, I will be lose the battle. So better I, you know, make ally with him because uh, I'm not sure God is too far. Maybe he's not mighty. Yeah, I seen about you know the Exodus, but you know it's it's. Will he do that again? So, so they, they don't even trust the covenant. They don't think that God's steadfast love in Jesus is kind of a work, you know, mightily in their life. How the covenant and steadfast love of Jesus work in your life. How practically it's going to work in your life. When you and I say, oh Lord, you are mighty God. How? How does that work in your life? The question is, the covenant, the covenant that we have with the Lord through our Jesus Christ, the everlasting covenant, the blood covenant, which means regardless of what circumstances that we are in, God still keeps His promise. His steadfast love. I just think about if God is really mighty in our life, we will not be fearful. Fear. Because the, the Israelite at that time, they fear the Assyrian. They fear the Egyptian. If God is mighty in our life, we will not fear the pandemic. We will not fear the viruses, even though we are careful, but we will not fear. We will not be fearful. If God is almighty, we talk about, you know, speaking uh, the Lord, uh, sharing the gospel with others uh, last Sunday. Today, nobody going to come to you and slap your face because you tell about Jesus. Nobody going to come to you and take the knife and cut your throat. Nobody gonna you know whip your back because you tell Jesus, but yet Christians still afraid of sharing about Jesus. 
because they don't think God is mighty enough to protect them. Those in the first century, they opened them up, Christian, they got persecuted, they throw in the Colosseum, and then the, ti- uh, the tiger, a lion, the wild beast going to tear them apart, and they still just sing a song and testify because they know the mighty God they worship. Many Christians today, they deny Jesus because they're afraid of losing their job. God is not mighty in their life. Number three. Eternal Father. Some translations use the everlasting Father. It's the same in English, I think. But I like the word eternal because it carries out from the beginning to the end. So the, the, the original uh, word of eternal is carry out that uh, he, he, is in the, he was in the beginning and then he is present and in the future. So all, there's, a, there, there's no discontinuity. There's no discontinuity. It's always continuous from the beginning before creation and until the day that he come back. He be eternal father. Because... God has sent Jesus Christ to be the Son of God so that He can be our eternal Father. Now, but here we, are, we know that we have one God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But this text specifically speaks about Jesus. And so Jesus being wonderful counselor, mighty God, and eternal Father. God became human and the Son, Jesus Christ. And when you and I that receive Him and believe in Him, we must see there is evidence and the mark of Jesus Christ in our life. Thomas doubt his uh, resurrection but he wants to see the mark. Lord, can I touch your size to know unless I see the hole in your hand and the size that the spear pierced to your side. I, I want to know it's you. In the way that you and I having so many wounds in life, emotional wound, physical wound, spiritual wound sometimes, take courage. Is that the mark? Of Christ in us. God allow us to be sheep among wolves. We will live in this world, we will be hurt, we'll be painful, we will trouble, we'll be we'll be hassle, we'll be all kinds of things that happen to our life, and yet we still believe in Jesus Christ because that's the mark of the disciple that we look through the problem, we face the circumstances, how hard it is. Because we know that Christ has conquered us. As you go back home this week and you ask, what are the marks of Jesus in my life? I'm not saying about the cut, that you have to self-cut yourself. But talking, what are the... If, if you go and ask your, your friend and your colleague, what do you see in me? They will tell you. Take them out for coffee and say, what do you see in me? Am I the one who keeps the promise? Am I I'm a lying? I'm, am I a joker? Am I, just tell them. Ask them to tell honest about you. Then you will see. And then if it's not, then don't be shy. and say, thank you. I repented. All this year, I claimed that I'm a Christian. But you never see Jesus and God in me. Something is wrong. I'm sorry. I repented. Let me tell you about Jesus. And then you repent even Weep together, cry together. If I have been being a, a lying to you all the time, I'm sorry. My Lord did not tell me to lie. Even small lie, big lies. My Lord is the light. If I'm not walking the light, help me. If I have some secret relationship, I need to repent. If I'm hiding something, I need to repent. Because... You, if you and I have the eternal Father, we're not afraid that He's going to be punished us and uh, send us to hell. But if we don't repent, that will happen. So when you and I have a wonderful relationship with Dad, Jesus Christ, 
our Lord as eternal Father. We are not afraid. We are not afraid of all the problems we have in life. But we simply let it come to us and embrace Jesus. Even though there will be wound, there will be scar. But we not run away. We not escape. Are you still with me? The last one. Prince of Peace. God, Jesus Christ said that he will be Prince of Peace. How are the steadfastness of your mind and trust toward Jesus? You know, the context of this verse linked to several scripture that talk about trust and peace. For example, Isaiah 26, verse 3, the steadfastness of mind and trust. Sometimes our mind is the one that most so-called uh, easy to, to swing. Sometimes we think like this, sometimes we think like that, sometimes we think about Christ is this, sometimes we think God is too far, God is so close. You know, when God bless us with something, we say, oh, you are wonderful, you are great, and you know, then we have a problem, then you are no longer great. Then it's always because there, there's, there's, there's a mind, double mind, the Bible says, double mind. It's not single mind. The single mind say, Lord, you are our peace regardless what happened to me. I'm, I'm going to hold on to you and you are the sword of my ultimate peace. The ultimate peace. Because this, this peace, the world cannot offer us. And then even I cannot go to the supermarket to buy it. The peace that Christ offered to us is, is not for sales. There's no discount. It's received free. But you have to believe. And your mind needs to be a steadfastness and you need to trust Him because peace, it takes time to establish. Sometimes you like, uh, some of you are hungry, you buy a burger and then you're satisfied, you have peace. Temporal, an hour or two. It takes time to build relationship with Jesus Christ. It takes time to establish the peace that we have in Christ. It's not going to happen overnight. Some of you think that, you know, just come to church and then one Sunday can make you peace. I hope, I pray that's happened. But that's the beginning. That's the beginning. Otherwise, the church will be like a pagoda or any other religion. Why? You go and you pay and you buy peace. You go home, you know more peace. A lot of Christians treat the church like that. I go here. I hope I bless today. I received it. I go the next Monday. No more. I come back to church. I go. Hey, I, I, I do that, and then I buy peace. Most people go for the religion the same way. They don't have peace. They go climb up the mountain. They go to pagoda. They go to this all kind of stuff, and they do something to buy peace. But the peace that Christ offers to us is not buyable. It's based on the relationship, the trust. The steadfastness of mine. Let's just spend some time for reflection. A five-minute reflection as you ponder on this point and you can go home and read the whole chapters again so you understand better, uh, better graphs of the context of Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Let's just spend about five minutes.
Oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our Porter. We are all the work of your hand. And Lord, if you are our Porter, the clay need to be surrender and yield to the working of the Porter, a wonderful Counselor, a mighty God. Everlasting, eternal Father and the Prince of Peace. And Lord, you place us in this life not to let us have trouble free. Even we have trouble full. Lord, we will have you in the fullness. Your fullness has come. Jesus Christ came so that we can receive the fullness of God. And Lord, we are clay. How you as a porter designed us, made us a cup, a plate, a, a vest. Lord, we just being content and know the Lord that has the best for us. Whether some of us need to put in the oven for 2,000 degree Celsius or just less heat Lord we just simply follow your design and Lord help us to realize to number our days because every day is passing by if we are searching for something Lord may you be the something that we are searching and Lord, if there is any hole, any emptiness in our soul, even though we are in the most connected world, Lord, I pray that, Lord, each of us can connect with you in an intimate way, in the way, that, in the way that is like a father talk to a son and daughter. And Lord, I understand that maybe some of us can never have that picture of our childhood. But right now we can have it with you as our Father. Lord, picture ourselves in the morning, have a cup of tea, a coffee, a drink, and spend time with you, reading the Word, and spend a wonderful time, or the evening, or lunchtime. This is a beautiful relationship that you invite us in. Help us to seek you counsel, because they will be wonderful. Help us to know that we don't need to take allies with anybody on this planet Earth, whether to, to really trust in their, the strength of their horses or chariot, but we have to trust in you. Help us to know that, Lord, you are our Prince of Peace. And, Lord, me, you are the ruler of of peace. Other ruler, they cause trouble, they oppress, they give some peace, they oppress some, but you are the prince of peace, you are the ruler of peace, you are the source of all peace. And none of us can be able to buy it. It takes time to establish. It's a relational peace. And once we have that peace, help us to also be a man and a woman of peace so that I'll be able to introduce others to this loving relationship so that others can know that they will have a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, everlasting Father, regardless of Father still alive or had passed or absent in their life, you as our Father always present in our life. And we bank our life on the peace that you have given to us through your son Jesus Christ we thank you Lord in Jesus name we pray Amen Thank you for listening we pray that you and your family are encouraged by these messages join us next time and do press the follow button on our profile page to keep up to date with the latest messages. God bless you.